Hi guys, and welcome to the Money Lounge podcast. As always, I'm your host, Robert Baldwin, and here with me today, I've got our resident authorized financial advisor, Dean Blair. Hey Rob, it's good to be here. Oh, thanks for being on the show again, Dean. We might have a few new listeners out there. I wonder if you could quickly sum up um, what Money Lounge is to you and why you founded Money Lounge. So really, the, the Money Lounge to me is about creating a community or an environment where we really encourage people to have money conversations within families predominantly, and especially with our kids, you know, um, it's not something that's really taught in the education sector or in schools. So how do we create an environment where it's okay for children to be taught or uh, encouraged to learn about money and all things financial and within families and relationships? You know, it's okay to talk about it, but let's not worry about that it's taboo to talk about money. Why can't we talk about it freely mm. and open? With your clients or prospective clients, do you notice that people aren't talking about money that much in between partnerships or families? Uh, I, th- I think it is a tricky one for some people to talk about because in most relationships, there's each person has very different views and styles and ways they deal with money. So I think it can be, yeah, I, what I observe is it can be one of those difficult things to talk about without emotions getting in the way and the conversation going probably somewhere that you don't want it to go. That probably can inhibit the conversation a little bit, can't it? I mean, based on your your biases and your beliefs towards money, um, if your partner's not absolutely from the same background, that might be a little bit hard to, to kind of navigate. Absolutely, yes. And, you know, I think for a lot of us um, in any conversation, not once just around money in uh, relationships where the minute the you word is used, it's like this sort of barrier comes up that how do you say that or, you know, it sounds like an accusation being made. So it can sort of lead to that conversation becoming very sort of um, a little bit more animated and volatile if I could use that word. Yeah, definitely. Okay, it is kind of like um, having the finger pointed at you and saying it's all your fault. Yes, it, it's very it's an it's an accusation. Yeah. That's where we don't like those confronting accusations, or most people don't anyway. Definitely not. Okay, so in this episode today, Dean, uh, we wanted to talk through the importance of holding a cash reserve. Now, in your ebook, you mentioned a few quick tips in there, but I thought we might dig a little bit deeper into what a cash reserve is and and what it really means for families. Sure. So, a cash reserve is about having ideally three or four months worth of expenses in cash in the bank at any one time. So a good way to work out how much that is, is it's just going back and doing what I call an audit around what do we spend on average per month? You know, do we have the equivalent of July, June, August, September's worth of expenses in cash in the bank? So if something goes wrong or something comes up unexpectedly, we have cash. We have cash on hand to deal with that scenario or situation. So you say three to four months. Is that, does that need to be set in stone or is that, is that more of a goal to work towards? 
It's a goal to work towards because for a lot of people, they'll think four months worth of expenses, that's a big number. It's building up, but it's building it up over time. It won't happen overnight. And if you've never had cash reserves before or a lot of cash or any cash, it can feel difficult. It can feel too hard to achieve. So it's building up slowly and just starting the habit. Start small and start a habit. When's the best time to start the cash reserve? Today. It's, you know, it's that classic, oh, but it's, we're living hand to mouth or week to week or day to day. There's never any money left over. I, I challenge people that there's, if you desperately need some money, you seem to be able to find it in a lot of occasions or a lot of cases. So um, start small, just start, open a bank account specifically and start putting some money away on a regular basis, probably in line with your pay cycle. Can it be any type of bank account? Does it need to be special? Um, is there any particular way that you, you've, you're advised to set it up? Uh, it, it, any bank account. I mean, most banks that you deal with these days, you can actually open the bank online just by logging into your banking. Um, nickname it. It can be good to nickname, but I actually, I quite like a cash reserve sitting in a different bank away from your mainstream bank where you're transacting regularly because it can be a little bit more out of sight where you can't see it. Um, because when you can see it day to day, there's that temptation to actually use it. Okay. And would you technically advise people to, to lock it up, to put it into a, a term deposit of sorts, or is it still important to be able to access that money? I, yeah, that, that, that's a really good question. I think um, no one... You know, as you build up savings or cash, no one likes it sitting around not working for them, not doing anything. So I think a, a term deposit can be a good option, but I would look at a term deposit that pays monthly rather than term deposit. Say it's a nine-month term deposit and it has to mature before at maturity date you get the, um, the earnings, if that makes sense. Uh, I guess so. So with just to clarify that, with term deposits, is there different um, – lengths of time that you can set them up for? Yes, yes. They can range from short-term. I don't, you don't seem to see a lot of short-term ones as much now, but yes, they can range from anything from 30 days through 60 days through to nine months or longer. Um, and another option is, I don't encourage this too often, but if you're holding some cash, you, you know, let's say you're building up a cash reserve and you might have part of that cash reserve, a quarter of that cash reserve built up that's liquid cash sitting in a savings account or higher interest account. Some people like their money working harder for them, so they could use a sort of balanced, moderate balanced uh, managed fund to be holding some of those cash reserves in. Okay. Could you just explain a little bit about what a managed fund is for the people that might not know? Uh, so for those here in New Zealand, um, a KiwiSaver is a good example. For those with a KiwiSaver, then that's a managed fund. It's, a, it's an investment portfolio broken into different asset classes, depending on the, the, the type of fund you're in. Um, and most countries around the world have some sort of um, retirement superannuation, superannuation type link funds, which are uh, managed funds. But a managed fund I'm talking about here is something that you've chosen to put your money into, that you have, you make the rules, it's accessible, it's liquid, and it is broken into different asset classes, which can be cash, 
bonds, shares, those types of things. And but but looking for a very diversified uh, portfolio. Okay. So the real key with that is as well, I, I must note that it's a long-term strategy. It's not investing uh, in one specific stock or a share. It's not trying to speculate and make quick money. It's a, a very long-term approach, isn't it? Absolutely. It is a long-term approach. It's about having its time in a market, not timing markets. Yeah. Um, I'm not a you know, I don't encourage speculative investments within reason, you know, that, that <coughs> can be appropriate for some people, but this is a long-term investment strategy. This is getting your money working for you over the long term. Particularly when trying to hold a cash reserve, um, it's something that you want to be quite solid. You don't want it to fluctuate too much. It, it really needs to be just the foundation of your financial plan. Yes, and and, and that's a good point because once you've built up your, you know, your three or four months worth of cash reserves, then you can look at doing something else with the rest of your money, if that makes sense. Once you've set that foundation, then that money's there and available. Um, so that might be in a different asset allocation or different type of portfolio or savings account, as opposed to your long-term savings or retirement funds that are working much harder for you and probably a more aggressive or volatile asset allocation. Okay, right. Um, so the purpose of the cash reserve here really is just to have that security or the sense of cash control in order for you to then leverage your income or your money further in the long term. Exactly, yes. It's, it's a sleep at night fund. You go to bed resting easy knowing that if something unexpected happens, you have cash, you have liquidity, and you're not breaking into your hard-working long-term investment portfolio. Um, because if you want your money to work hard for you over a long period of time, you'll probably have that in quite a high-growth or aggressive-focused portfolio. Now, those portfolios are quite volatile. And if that was your cash reserve, you could be trying to access money at the absolute worst time. Mm-hmm. So by holding cash reserves, it means you don't have to break in. You're not breaking open the piggy bank at the worst time. So, yeah. so psychologically, it, it just gives you a stress-free position in order for you to make choices, whether it's based on an emergency, whether you need the money in an instant, or if it's an opportunity fund also, um, for you to then be able to have some cash available to take on opportunities as and when they arise. Yes, yes. So it is that it's that uh, sleep at night fund and or the opportunity fund. Yes, because that liquidity, having that cash available immediately, allows you to take opportunities there and then that some people can't at that time. And you know, the, a cash reserve, an emergency fund, can be it, it can function to for any number of things. You know, we, we've got an older home built in the 1960s and an example I would use was when some of the old clay pipes broke you know that that was an expensive getting one in to discover where is the break or the leak what's going on or a blockage then the plumber comes in and digs up a big hole and they repair the pipes and you know that's a cash reserve that's its job it was something unexpected but those things come up um, having that cash available where you're not breaking into 
your investment funds for the future or using credit card or debt, that's the key to that cash reserve. So you mentioned credit card there. So is it a good idea to hold a cash reserve in either the form of a credit card account or in maybe a revolving mortgage account? Well, definitely not a credit card account. I'd, I wouldn't be relying on credit um, or debt, sorry, for cash reserves. Revolving credit facilities, that, that's always, you know, that those discussions happen often with um, clients around why would I hold cash because I've got this revolving credit facility that's available and, and I'm focusing to my debt repayment, my mortgage repayment structure and holding cash cash seems stupid when I'm paying off my mortgage, et cetera, and I understand that, but a bank can turn off a credit facility. You know, okay. Is it really your money if it's a credit facility from a bank? Yeah, it's a very good question. Um, what would be... Cash is king, yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's, it's really, really important to have that, that cash or that, that fund set aside in somewhere where you know it's your money, um, you're not dipping into debt if you ever need to go into it. Um, say, for example, my washing machine breaks down and instead of going out and spending 1500 or $2,000 or $3,000 um, on a credit card or on higher purchase, I can dip into my cash reserve and it means that I'm not going to have to pay extra interest or extra fees on top of what it already cost me for this this type of emergency that's it that's right yes having that cash there to be able to go out and buy the washing machine of your choice <clears throat> using cash is is really important not much better yes i know that there's interest-free terms and deferred payment terms and those sorts of things but what i also know is you've just put the washing machine on interest-free 24 months term and within six weeks, something else has gone wrong and you've now put something else on interest-free or deferred payments. So suddenly life's been busy, there's been a lot going on and suddenly have you actually, are you in a position to deal with that interest-free component when it comes up? You can often end up in this, this debt cycle. You, you can end up with multiple interest-free amounts there that I'm quite hard to juggle and manage. Yeah. Um, I guess I wanted to touch on some of the, the reasons why people don't have this already implemented into their plan. Um, firstly, I think, do you think people are aware that a cash reserve can have such a positive benefit? Probably not. No, I think, um, yeah, maybe people forget how good it is to actually mm. you know, look at a bank account and see that there's some money sitting there available. <clears throat> uh, you know, we live in this very sort of have it now, buy uh, sorry, have it now, pay later sort of society. It's become mm. quite the norm. So I think people, yeah, often do underestimate how good it is to have some money uh, sitting in cash available or money working for you. Because, I mean, this is not groundbreaking advice. This is quite a simple tip is to, to have a little bit of cash there just in case you need it. I guess, do you think the reason why, what are some of the reasons why people don't have it? We've touched on the lack of knowledge or maybe not 
thinking about having a cash reserve, but is there any other reasons why people haven't got this implemented into their plan already? I think it's, you know, credit's just so hard, to, uh, so easy to get now. You can buy a car for a dollar deposit. You can walk into any number of stores these days and, you know, walk out with twenty, ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars worth of stuff that you can yeah. pay for later. So there's less, there's probably less need, you know, that you can access and get things so easily without needing actually more. So we've forgotten that. You know, you roll back the clock a number of years. It was the only way you could buy a transact was with cash. Yeah. I think it's just we've become conditioned that it's so easy to get things on credit that we've forgotten that cash can be quite important or it's very important. You think that one of the other reasons is sometimes maybe um, people will start to hold on to a cash reserve um, and see that it works. Uh, and then, I mean, human nature tells us that generally if we start doing something and it starts to work well, a lot of times we'll stop or we'll forget that it's so important because it's not so, the need for it to have it there is not so important now. Um, do you see clients or prospective clients that test this out and they try it and then maybe they get a little bit lazy or they forget the importance of having it and then renege back into their, their past experiences? Yes, and I see that often where uh, people have a very strong goal, something they really want and desire, and the habit becomes really easy to actually save and accumulate and get put money aside for that particular thing. Mm -hmm. And once they've achieved it and had the milestone and celebrated the success or enjoyed that success, fall back into the habits of old, forget that um, they've just lost the drive or the, the reason why they we're doing it. It's life, isn't it? We, we're mm. human, we're human beings and just we get distracted in life in the way. And, you know, is it is that exciting? What's more exciting? You know, saving for your first home or saving for your wedding or save fun? want or saving just to have some cash there as a reserve but it's it i think what we've got to remember is how comforting and how um how you can really sleep at night sleep busy having that cash there because when something does go wrong or when an opportunity comes up it's really powerful having that access to the cash or the money immediately Great. Thanks for that. I think there's one more thing I wanted to touch on. And that was, um, once again, in your ebook, you mentioned automating your spending and having different accounts, uh, for say goal accounts, uh, like different long-term accounts for maybe holidays or, or goals that you've got in place. Is it important to set up this cash reserve first or can you, uh, allocate to your cash reserve as well as allocating to different goal accounts that you've got at the same time? I think you can do them simultaneously. I think you, you know, I call that the bucket system. Those accounts are buckets with different mm-hmm. things. So it's the, the important factor is to understand the facts, what goes on in your life, how much money comes in and how much money goes out and where does it go? And if you can, if you know that and you can answer that, then you know how much is available each week, fortnight, or month to allocate into each bucket. 
or his bank account. And I think for simplicity's sake, for some people, <clears throat> that cash reserve savings or account could be one and the same <clears throat> because if you use that cash reserve or that fund for an opportunity, and that opportunity might be buying a home or a, a holiday that you just desperately need to go on to recharge, if the habit's been there constantly where the money's going in automated on a regular basis and you have used that money, we know that you can replenish it and rebuild it because the habit's there. You've formed the habit and we know that the habit is locked in. But to, to answer your question properly, yes, you can do all of them. You can quantify how much needs to go into each bucket or each account and build them up over time, stage them out and strategically have an amount going into each one over a period of time to hit that milestone or goal. Hey Dean, so thanks so much for your tips today on, I guess, how important it is to have a cash reserve and implement it into your plan. Um, and it's good news that it doesn't have to be the only goal you have if you don't have one in place now. It's good to hear that you can do that alongside saving for other goals or while investing and, and paying down your mortgage at the same time. Um, is there any way that people can get in touch with you and ask you any questions if, if they've got a few around this cash reserve? Absolutely. I'd, I'd be happy for people to uh, reach out to us via the, the Money Lounge. Um, you know, post some questions or if they, you know, if someone wanted to actually set up a time one-on-one, um, -on -one, happy to, to, you know, jump online and have a discussion or answer some questions. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're very accessible. Great. So you can find the Money Lounge on Facebook, Facebook groups. It's moneylounge.co or you can go straight to the website. It's www.moneylounge.co. Um, and as Dean says, they're more than happy for you to send him an email or get in touch via this group. Um, we also have a free ebook that you can download. It's um, moneylounge.co slash sign up. Um, and that's got some tips on holding cash reserves, automating your spending, um, saving for, for holidays and things like that. Um, well, thanks so much for your time today, Dean, and I'm really looking forward to our next podcast. Yep, yeah, thank you.